The Cambridge Animal Alphabet series celebrates Cambridge's connections with animals through literature, art, science and society. Here, Z is for zebrafish, as we learn more about the ways that the eminent immunologist Professor Lalita Ramakrishnan is researching new ways of treating tuberculosis. Professor Lalita Ramakrishnan shares her workspace at Cambridge's Laboratory of Molecular Biology with thousands of tiny stripy fish. Zebrafish have long been a favourite in domestic aquariums. They are strikingly pretty and constantly on the move. The zebrafish at the LMB, each one no bigger than your little finger, are helping Ramakrishnan and her colleagues to find novel ways of preventing and treating tuberculosis or TB. Around 40 years ago, scientists began to realise that zebrafish as vertebrates could tell us a lot about human development and human diseases. This discovery represented a real breakthrough in terms of what could be achieved using zebrafish in laboratories. There are two key reasons why zebrafish in particular are so valuable. Firstly, when the new fish hatches as a tiny larva, it is optically transparent for the first two weeks of its development. This transparency means that using powerful imaging technologies, scientists are able to observe in real time the development of the organism as it grows to maturity. In their laboratory, Ramakrishnan and colleagues exploit the optical transparency to directly look at how the tuberculosis bacteria cause disease. The second reason why zebrafish is such a good model is that a single mating can produce hundreds of eggs and female zebrafish are capable of producing a new batch of eggs each week. This gives researchers access to large numbers of animals for their work. On top of all this, zebrafish are relatively straightforward to keep and easy to breed. Scientists can also create zebrafish with different mutations so that they can then assess the impact of host genes on the course of disease. This kind of fundamental work enables them to identify, by a process of deduction and elimination, what genes do, which is essential to developing new medical interventions. Zebrafish and humans might seem to have little in common, but they are much more alike than you might suppose, even though their last common ancestor lived at least 300 million years ago. Most of the genes found in fish are also found in humans, and most of the genes that cause disease in fish also cause disease in humans. The human immune system, which fights off disease, is a lot like the immune system of fish. Ramakrishnan's research is focused on tuberculosis in humans, a disease that affects millions of people worldwide. Without treatment, TB can be life-threatening. We tend to associate human TB with the lungs, and of course fish don't have lungs. TB does affect the lungs, but it can affect almost all our organs. In humans, some 40% of TB infection is not in the lungs, but elsewhere in the body. It can be in the brain, bone, kidney, intestine and reproductive organs. Fish are affected by a close relative of the human TB bacterium. If we can work out how TB works in fish and how to prevent it and treat it in fish, then we're a step closer to solving a major health problem in humans. The fish in Ramakrishnan's laboratory live in tanks that are kept pristine by a unit that cleans and circulates the water. The food they need is grown in the laboratory. It's a kind of brine shrimp. Putting this live food into the tanks allows the fish to hunt for their food, creating a more natural environment for them. Zebrafish are sociable creatures, so they are kept in groups. 
the fish are on a programme of 16 hours of daylight and 8 hours of night. This routine mimics, as much as possible, the natural environment in the regions of the world where they live. It's important to make sure that they are healthy and as stress-free as possible. Happy fish are healthy fish, and the other way around. You can identify the males from the females by the roundness of the female's belly. When the researchers want a new batch of eggs, they put a male and a female in a tank overnight, with the two fish separated by a transparent divider. When daylight comes, the two fish become excited and the divider is removed so that they can mate. When the tiny eggs are laid, they fall through a frying grill and can be taken out of the tank. All these procedures are done as carefully as possible so as not to harm the fish or eggs. To study TB, the researchers infect some of the fish eggs, one by one, with bacteria so that they can observe what happens. This procedure is carried out under a microscope using a very fine needle that is hollow, enabling tiny amounts of bacteria to be delivered into the egg. Because zebrafish eggs are so tiny, it takes a while to learn how to do this. It requires good hand-eye coordination and a steady hand, but everyone learns to do it with time and practice. Once the eggs are infected, they are placed into small dishes where the researchers can observe them. Because the eggs and the larvae are transparent, it is possible to see the process by which the bacteria enter the cells and watch what happens as the bacteria and immune system face off. Using fluorescence, the researchers can colour the host, the organism affected by the disease, and the bacteria so that it's easier to track what's happening on a cellular level. For example, they can observe how exactly bacteria invade and spread. At the moment, TB in the human population is treated with a long course of strong antibiotics. It often takes as long as six months to get rid of it. Strains of drug-resistant TB have developed, partly because people do not finish the courses of drugs prescribed to them. The work that Ramakrishnan and her colleagues are doing suggests that there could be another and perhaps more effective approach to tackling TB. Rather than only targeting the bacteria, which are so clever in their invasive strategies, it might be better to additionally target the host and help the immune system to fight it off. This might be done by boosting or tweaking the immune system. The scientists now need to test their ideas for helping the immune system by trying out a list of available drugs. And in the initial stages of the research, they will be using zebrafish as models. The world of research using zebrafish is wonderfully collaborative and fast-moving. Ramakrishnan's main partner is the Sanger Institute, which is just a few miles from the LMB. She and her team collaborate closely with the scientists there on tools and techniques, including producing the mutants in order to identify genetic pathways. Zebrafish are still relatively new in terms of their contribution to research, but it's difficult to overstate how important they are. Every research organism has its limitations, of course. However, there's much more that we can learn from zebrafish that will benefit humans in the future. This is the last podcast in the Cambridge Animal Alphabet series.